sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And returning guest. Is that me? Yeah. David Schneider. That's right. And this week, what are we doing, Pat? This this is an episode that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it seemed like the logical uh, next episode is I Love Lucy versus oh, uh, Motorhead. Ace of Spades. Yeah. We, we I'm were, surprised you haven't done this one already. I know. It's such an, it's such an obvious comparison. We were talking about doing uh, sitcom episodes, and Pat wanted to do I Love Lucy, and I kept telling him I really don't like I Love Lucy. Uh, and so I said I'd do an I Love Lucy if he did Motorhead. I didn't necessarily mean on the same episode, but that's what it turned out to be. So, you know, they have their similarities, I think. Lucy, uh, Lucy's all in on trying to make people laugh, and Motorhead's all in on trying to rock your ass off. So, And Lucy and Lemmy, they sound similar. They do, yeah. They're both committed to their craft. And there are uh, there are umlauts in the title "I Love Lucy" too, aren't there? Oh yeah, "I Love Lucy," just like "Who's Gonna yeah. Do." Yeah. Um, so we'll start with "I Love Lucy," an episode you picked, Pat. I think I I mean I know I picked it because it was famous, and I wanted to do the Harpo Marx episode, but that wasn't available on Hulu, so that's why I picked this episode. Does Harpo Marx talk on that episode? I don't believe so. No. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, what is it, episode four, season two? It's episode one, season two, or episode four, depending on who you go to. And it turns out it, it's weirdly marked because it, it's the fourth produced, but the first shown. Oh, got mm. it. And this was what, like 1952, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1952. Um, anyway, you want to give a little plot summary? Uh... <laughs> it's yeah, a very standard sitcom uh mm-hmm. idea i think when you're talking about i love lucy and you say it's a very standard sitcom idea you're pretty much saying every single episode of i love lucy because every single episode of i love lucy was done by other shows that's true every single every single year so yeah but um, did they do it first because it was so early that's what i'm saying i'm saying i love lucy did it first and other ah. other sitcoms copied it. almost everything i mean of course there's stuff they copied off of of um old-time radio but they originated so much in in how sitcoms work and how they're all set up anyway uh ricky being the the man of the house is ordering his wife around about the checkbook and it's really uncomfortable 50s <laughs> 50s mode and they decide to switch switch jobs and lucy goes out to work and ricky and what's the neighbor's name fred fred ricky and fred stay home to do the the wash and the the cooking and ironing yeah I, I and that's it i don't really know what their plan was like were ricky and fred just going to quit their jobs permanently and let the wives work i don't well but- Rick, Rick Ricky's is a problem since he has the band to leave, but Fred, it's easy. He's just he's taking care of the the, the apartment building. He's that's his job. Oh, that's right. So he's the super, huh? He, he didn't have much to give up, really. Yeah, uh, it was uncomfortable, especially with Lucy calling him sir. Yes, that I don't was know if you noticed me. that. No, it was hard to miss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was the fifties, so it was not. 
out of place, but it was still weird. It, yeah, that's that was my question. I mean, I know it was the fifties, but was that real? I mean, obviously none of us were alive then, but was that generally the mindset of everybody that it would be absolutely ludicrous to think women could go out and get work, and at the same time that men could possibly handle basic household tasks? <laughs> I don't think I think it was more like not ludicrous, but it's just like just like it's just hyperbole of of how people thought. Because you know, I don't know what the percentage was, but it was most women didn't work; they just stayed home until they had a baby. And well, maybe they did, but anyway, I think it was just hyperbole. I don't think it was, but I think it was the mindset, though. Yeah, which is it, especially weird considering all the women who went to work in World War II, which was just a few years earlier than this. Right. Yeah. And I mean to to prove your prove my point wrong. That in this episode they're working in a candy factory, and there's a scene where Lucy's making candy, and next to her is a woman who's also already works there making candy. And that was that wasn't an actress. That was an actual uh, worker from Seas Candies who they brought in for the for the part. So oh really? Women did literally work, and they showed one in that episode. I feel sorry for the workers under her. Jesus. What do you mean? No, not Seize. the not the. Not the not the not the the boss the oh. the woman that was making the candy that she sat next to. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, they, the, I thought it was a little odd they didn't give her any lines, but afterwards when I read that, I was like, oh, they didn't. Well, well maybe they didn't have those rules in it back then, so it didn't matter. But anyway, and one interesting I I noticed that despite the the obvious sexism, you know, that we pick up on today, in the first scene, did you guys notice Lucy is wearing pants and wasn't. That kind of not done back in the day. Women wearing pants, especially on on, yeah. on a TV show. Sure, I mean that was a big deal with Mary Tyler Moore in the in the Dick Van Dyke show when she wore those capri pants. So that's interesting. It's like ten years before, and yeah, that is interesting. I mean, to, to be fair, you know, to the to the show. I mean, it was like you know the story how the the network execs did not want. Ricky, Ricky to be, you know, he, he was an ethnic. You can't have an ethnic get married to a white woman. And I mean, it was like right. a huge deal. They ended, they ended up having to mortgage their house to put, put the pilot on, to put to do the show. Because the network just would not would not put up the money for a non-white guy. In, Interracial in, in couple, yeah. Shocking. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I th- I- I think I mean there's there's plenty to be uncomfortable about with this episode, but there there's that fact. And when you look at the end of the episode and you see there's there's three writers and one of the writer writers was a woman. It's like you know, look at sitcoms now, and you, you, sometimes you you struggle to find a, a woman in the writers' room. So that's kind of that's kind of interesting and cool for a show in the fifties. That uh, Lucy was like one of the producers, and there's writers, women in the writers' room. So that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. She was the Roseanne of her day. And, you know, despite the, the, the cliché-ness of the episode and the, and the sexism, there were some genuinely funny, genuinely funny bits. Like, she's good at the physical comedy. Yeah, she's amazingly that, good. That, that thing with the, uh, with the toaster at the beginning. Oh, that was awesome. Find the newspaper <laughs> and he flicks the toast over the, the newspaper. <laughs> she catches it and eats it. That was, that was pretty clever. And, the, like, the, yeah. the work she does without any dialogue in the candy scenes, some funny stuff. It's some good work. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, both well, of them. Both both of them in that famous scene with the conveyor belt was it's justifiably legendary that that scene. Mhm. The yeah, the, I mean, that's what that's what I was saying. She's definitely committed to what she does. Um it's just not and I, necessarily 
my my humor, as you know, but I can respect I think, it. I think it's th- this episode is so jam packed with those kind of things that the other stuff is overlooked. Like I thought it was. I mean, I know John's not going to find it funny because it's not his thing, but I thought the the rice scene where uh, Fred and Ricky are having trouble in the kitchen, but that they're trying to catch all the rice and put it in the sink. I thought that was pretty funny because like Ricky has these big bowls. He's catching the rice with, and Fred is going with this small little cup back and forth. And it just was just absurd. There, there are some, some good physical bits like in um, when they're in the job office trying to get the job and he's going through the list of, of available jobs. And one of the things he says is PDX operator. And it's clear either, Lucy or Ethel know what he's talking about. They do that great little bit mm-hmm. where they do like a whispering, and you can see Lucy is explaining to Ethel what it is, and the expression on that is, it's, you know, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's not you know change the world funny, but it was funny. I think at the time it was change the world funny though. Good point. Fair enough. Good point. Uh, you know what I found funny actually was, I I think the uh, the rice scene was kind of telegraphed, but the the setup for it I thought was funny because Ricky said. He made four pounds of rice, one pound for each person. Like that yeah. was his. I that was funny to me. That. <laughs> and the the most obvious joke of the episode, which I didn't catch because I'm dumb, but uh, the the final punchline that that cracked me up. Where at the end of the episode, after they gorged on chocolate and got fired, that the the men brought five pound box of chocolates to them. I that, that amused me. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert for a seventy year old show. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I like I said, I can appreciate it. Uh, I just don't... I have literally not well, not watched this show since I was a kid. So yeah, it was, same here. It was, it was pretty Likewise, to see and I I I think it it is has funny parts and it, and well, they're they're cliches because they started here and people copied them, but they are definitely cliches. So there there's a lot of it that's not going to be funny because you've seen it a million times, but. It's what what struck me is interesting is and this is less less praise of of I Love Lucy and more of a of criticism of Modern Family. But you could take the plot of this 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 episode we watched and put it in Modern Family, and you wouldn't blink a lot, blink an eye, because their gender roles are so stratified in that show. That's true. In some seasons, yeah, yeah. Ugh, Modern Family, it's no I Love Lucy. Um, have Have either of you guys ever worked in a chocolate factory? No, I haven't. Have you? No, I was just asking. No, I would have. <laughs> I would have been fired the first day, even even if I could have handled the conveyor belt. I would have still eaten all the chocolate. <laughs> I imagine they don't do it like that anymore. It's probably all. I would hope not. All. What with the internet and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The but... other interesting tidbit I heard about the scene with the the actual chocolate worker is that. In rehearsal, the woman refused to like uh, hit Lucy as hard as Lucy wanted to be hit because she wanted like to be generally so- shocked. So when they actually filmed it, the uh, Lucy smacked her really hard, so the woman was angry and hit her. <laughs> so she, she she was working for that physical comedy. She was she wasn't messing around. I've I've heard she she was not a pleasant person to work with. Lucy, not the not the other chocolate lady. <laughs> really, I didn't I didn't know that. I guess yeah. That that fits with the like the the personality that that came across in her later years. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Her later years, especially like her later shows, I've heard a lot of talk about. But that could also be. I mean, who knows? That could also be the strong woman is a bitch at that time mentality too. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. Uh, but I could also 
see her being unpleasant. Um, you know, people who you don't you don't hear stories about Eve Arden being unpleasant, and she had a show on at the time. But you don't hear stories about Eve Arden, period. So, right. I was gonna say. So I enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to, but I don't see myself seeking out other I Love Lucy episodes. Like you, I'd watched it when I was a kid, and I remember really enjoying it when I was a kid, but it's that type of humor. Yes. Yeah. And that was my thing. Even as a kid, I didn't find it. I, I thought it was kind of hacky, but as Pat said, it's because I'd already seen a bunch of other stuff that, that had come from I Love Lucy, so... Um, it wasn't as funny to me. I actually were kind you, of hated it. Were you guys fans of, of uh, the Three Stooges as kids? Pat was. Yep. Not me. Yeah, I wasn't either. I, I never... I mean, and I love stupid humor. Like, Get Smart was my favorite show <laughs> at that age. So it's not that I was <laughs> a highbrow seven-year-old or anything. <laughs> Only Gilligan's, watch Gilligan's Island, Get Smart, love those. But for some reason, the Three Stooges just never took with me. No, me either. How about Ab- How about Abbott and Costello? Loved Abbott and Costello. I especially loved. I mean, the the best Abbott and Costello, the one I always waited for, was the one with all the monsters. And I can't remember if it was if that was Meet Frankenstein or Meet the Werewolf or the Mummy or whatever. But it was the one that had them all in it. Um, yeah, they, they did a couple of those. I know what you're yeah. talking about. There was one, with, but I remember there was one called "Hold the Hold That Ghost," I think, that had oh yeah, like <laughs> a haunted house. Yeah, I, I actually best. did love Abbott and Costello. Um, yeah, I, weirdly, I, I think at the time when I was a kid, I liked Abbott and Costello more than Three Stooges, but I like I liked them both. That was like su- Sunday morning fair, eating donuts and watching black and white mm. <laughs> movies, and then they try to the, they try to put in a uh, Martin and Lewis, and I was having none of that. Oh, Martin and Lewis. They, I didn't even know they had a show, although it makes sense. No, no the, the Sunday mornings, they, they'd show the full, like, the two-hour movies. Oh, the, so they'd yeah, have, Martin have and Lewis. Yeah. Movie, they'd have Martin Lewis. But yeah, the Three Stooges, they didn't show those movies. It was the shorts with the Three Stooges. Yeah, Jerry Lewis is another one that I just, I never got at all. Even as a kid, I was like, this is just dumb. Uh but if you if you want to talk about like shows like I Love Lucy, I can see, I can understand, but shows that do not hold up as far as humor. Have you guys ever seen Laugh In? No. Oh. Yeah. No, I know the reference is, but I've never actually seen an episode. Oh, they used to show it on like Nick at Night or something when I was a kid, like late at night, and oh my god, I remember I talked to. Uh, one of my teachers about that in high school, I was like, yeah, what was up with that? He was like, oh, you had to be there. I was like, what? People didn't have a sense of humor in the late 60s? I don't understand. what It's was not that, was just all topical references? Basically, it's like one, one-liners, but not... No, but it uh, wasn't all topical. It was just like, not really quite absurd, but just, yeah, just one-liners that didn't really make any sense. Yeah. Isn't laughing where Here Comes the Judge came from? Yeah. Which there was, there was no kind. It was like it was, uh, what's it like? Quick cuts. So you'd see someone for ten seconds with the joke, but the joke was never actually funny. No. I kind of get the feeling that it aired in '69, and by '70, the jokes weren't funny anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I would argue they weren't funny in '69, but maybe <laughs> maybe acid was like at its peak at that point too. Um, wasn't there i'm not making this up nixon was on there before was it before he was president or was it after no it must have been before he was president. it was before yeah i think it was probably when he was running okay um stick it to me sock it to me oh you gotta oh, get sorry. that right man stick it to me 
<laughs> Stick so it in me. Stick it up my butthole. <laughs> now that, yeah, that I would have watched. Um, yeah, no. Oh God, we should do an episode of Laughing sometime, Pat. No, no, just, we really just shouldn't. to make David watch it. David, did you ever sure. see that episode of Thirty Rock with Carrie Fisher where um, she used to write on an old Laughing type show, and they kind of showed a scene from it that was really stupid. It's it's funny you mentioned that. I've actually I've just been re binging on Thirty Rock for like the third or fourth time, and that yes, that episode. I did the gig gag was like I was like a talking mailbox. Yeah, fell over and she's laughing, and everybody else is yeah. Yeah, that's a great show. The, yes, that's what, a great show. Doesn't he explain like you don't understand the mailbox is Watergate or it wasn't? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's G Gordon yeah. Liddy or Ed, something. Edel, yeah. Edelman or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, anyway. Um, I love Lucy. I could definitely appreciate more now as an adult. Um, but it's still, it's just like you said, I, I'd seen it. So, and especially growing up as a kid, when we watched all the old Warner brothers cartoons, which I think today even hold up, uh, better than I love Lucy. I, that, that was my first kind of, uh, sense of humor that I got as a kid, I think was the Warner brothers cartoons. I think that they do hold up better, but I think it's easier for them to hold up better because they weren't, it was just like, you know, seven minutes that they had to, that's show. true. It wasn't 20, 25 or however long I love loose BF. But uh, David's point was pretty interesting. And I forgot all about that, how the, the political, political ramifications of having this show on the air and how much they had to risk and the huge reward. I mean, not only the, the, the thing, the, the, the ethnic stuff, but the, that they decided we're going to have recordings of like good recordings of this show. And we're going to put it out to syndication. They started that. It was, it's just like they changed so many things in the way they filmed the shows as well. I think they were the inventors of the, the way the cameras were set up. I'm, I don't know about that part. But yeah. I'm pretty sure. That's true. It was the first three camera sitcom, which became standard. And they were the first to do that. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting too. Cause I don't know enough about Lucille Ball prior to this. I know I've seen her in some movies, like even noirish movies and stuff from the forties. And I know they were trying to like market her as next big star, but she didn't have the look or something. I don't know what the deal was with uh, her trying to not or, or failing to become a big dramatic actress. But um, before but, this, she had a, a similar show on radio Okay. I think it was my favorite husband was what it was called something like that, and uh, it had a uh, I forget the dude's name, but he was later played the boss in the Lucy show, and that's who she wanted to play the the Fred Mertz character. And Neil Gordon is that his name? Yes, that's exactly who it was. And yeah. I think he was doing Dennis Demas at the time, and he couldn't he couldn't come over to I Love Lucy, but I think I, I think uh, I Love Lucy really was much better with 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 uh, the guy who played Fred Mertz because he's such a perfect curmudgeon. Yeah, William Frawley. William Frawley. Our favorite. Um, nope, yeah, me. no, that... Gail Gordon wouldn't have worked in I Love Lucy. He's too... Uh, he's got too much of that upper crust thing about him. And we didn't even talk about the Vivian Vance, Fred, or William Frawley feud that I don't even know it's true, but it's... Everyone says that they hated each other. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, same here. Uh, which, I mean, I could... I could see. I can't. I can't imagine that dude was like... Super, well, maybe he was super jovial. Who knows? But yeah. I could see him being a dick for sure. <laughs> and I don't know anything about Vivian Vance prior to this either. I've seen like uh, stills of her, like you know, um, headshots, I guess, or whatever, uh, from the '40s. But I don't know what she did. So 
I'm, I'm really not aware of any of these people prior to I Love Lucy, I guess, except for Lucille Ball and a couple things. So, I mean, I know these are trying times, and I just see letters when they, they are meaningless, but was was the KKK Candy Company on purpose? Oh, I didn't even catch that. Mm. Probably, it was probably a... Uh, Probably yeah. a reference to them not wanting to hire Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> it's Lucy getting back at him. Fuck you, network. CBS, I think <laughs> it was. Ugh, these are trying times. This has been a bad week. Um, I know, I almost wanted to put this one out uh, tomorrow instead of next week if we wanted to talk about it. But you know, I don't really want to talk about this week. It was awful. Everybody knows it, it was awful. Yeah, it was not pleasant. No. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say next week's not going to be any better. I'm going to agree with you, Pat. Yeah. Sorry, guys. They are, you guys got any uh, any Nazi rallies planned in your cities? I know they're coming here, uh, San Francisco and Berkeley. Yeah, they're supposedly they're coming to L.A. at some point. But, it's, yeah, I mean, you're so dumb to come to L.A. and San Francisco and Berkeley. I think... Uh, it was great what happened in Boston yesterday. Yeah, they just got shut down. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I mean Boston and Philadelphia are the same way that you know. Hey, we're racist, but we're not we're not out loud about it. So if you try to be out loud, we'll just kick you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know Boston especially. I I think uh, in San Francisco, I know they've got like this. They're organizing on the same day um, of the <clears throat> of the Nazi rally a. Uh, a street dance party and they're just like, just come to this. Fuck those people. Like, don't, don't give them the press. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That Um, makes sense. That's a smart way to do it. Yeah. I mean, well, unfortunately people will go out to protest them, I'm sure. But yeah, it is, it would be nice to just ignore it and have your own party celebrating fun and happiness instead. But yeah, LA will be interesting to see too. Um, Well, that's, you know what? That's enough of that. I say I can barely watch the news anymore. You guys want to take a break? Sure. And come back with uh, Motorhead? All right. Sure. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Try talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation, transubstantiation, Brian Stucker's creation, the land of the Thracians, and right back to the stars. And we're back with Motorhead, Ace of Spades from 1980, uh, Lucy's later period counterpart, Let Me Kill Mister. Sorry, I, I, I know you thought, thought I was a liar, but I've now listened to this album and I've never heard any of the songs before. I Not even Ace of Spades, really? Yeah. It's wow. bizarre to me that you could have gone your life without hearing ace of spades they're using it it some commercial now that i so different than i expected because mm. just in my mind it was just like this this hard hard rock and it was just i mean i know you're gonna be mad for me making this comparison but it just sounded like van halen to me like a, a better van halen what that is <laughs> Man, 
bizarre. Yeah, I would say the to me the the comparison to make would be the Ramones. Um, yeah, <laughs> because it's. No, it didn't sound like the Ramones to me because the Ramones are a little bit lighter. Like they're not as. Yeah. I, lyrically they're lighter but musically it's 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 very similar Sim, yeah and yeah. just the simplicity of the playing and the kind of like one note well it also helps that uh lemmy has a sense of humor as well just like the the ramones do i think which is more than you can say of 99 percent of hard rock or heavy metal bands so there's not a lot of uh 14 minute sci-fi epics <laughs> in the motorhead catalog <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just... I wasn't. I wasn't saying that as a criticism, by the way. I, I enjoyed it. I just it was not what I expected it to sound like. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, Van Halen to me just they seem like a little too light and I don't know inconsequential. Um, mm. And I don't really think they're like rocking. If that's a if that's a descriptor, that's fair. Um, I just mean the music itself. I don't mean like the the yeah. This, the singing for sure. For sure, not the singing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... I mean, one to me, one huge difference is, and I, you know, I like some older Van Halen, but they are way more produced than this is. This feels like a couple guys in their garage. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, that's the thing about uh, Lemmy that I'll talk about a little when I talk about my song too. But um, he just basically comes off as a dude, just some guy who's in a band. He's not like on a rock star trip or anything. And I've heard stories that he would like hang out at the rainbow uh, bar and, and people would just come up to him all the time and he would make time to talk to everybody. And uh, there's a plaque to him there now where he, where he used to sit. <laughs> Is there really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think he's just very, uh, he was funny. It's not as in evidence on this album, but uh, if we had done like a greatest hits album, which, um, I just didn't want to make you sit through like a double album of his stuff, Pat. But uh, you can see a lot of a lot more of the humor, a lot more of the uh, anti-war sentiment, and uh, and also he was uh, especially for heavy metal. He was one of the first to champion uh, women in heavy metal. There was a group called Girls Girls School that uh, I think he produced. He did a song with them, and uh, he they opened for him um, back at a time when this was like an all boys club and, and women were shouted down by audiences and stuff in heavy metal. So, um, he was just a cool guy, I think is, is my point, but yeah, I'd be interested in, in your take overall, Pat. Oh, overall, I liked it. It's, it's, it's not the music I go to, but I, I, I thought it, it was fun. It was like it was yeah. a high energy, and it was a lot. Especially this song we're going to talk about first it was like it was like a, an action movie. Listening to it, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, uh, the critic Robert Christgau, um, he liked them too, and he was. I think he had a quote that was like, "Unless you have an extra Y chromosome or beat your meat till it bleeds, you don't need this on a regular basis. But for those times <laughs> you do, it's perfect." <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's it's definitely mood music. But yeah, you want to? Uh, okay, so we'll talk about first song title song the most famous song uh ace of spades which is your pick pat yep I, I don't, <laughs> you'll have more to say it's well i know i i think i would put this in probably in my top 100 songs of all time it's just uh i don't know it it's motorhead it's 
it's just distilled rock and roll. And I think, um, I don't know if you saw those clips I sent you, Pat, but uh, he's definitely more like rock and roll than rock than heavy metal. I think, even though this is definitely like the heavy metal form, it's you could trace it back to Chuck Berry if you wanted, like take away a lot of the distortion and definitely his voice, which is just kind of a horse. <laughs> I don't even know what you would call it. It's barely singing. It's just. I I, I think I'm a little surprised. This is is heavy metal. It just sounds. It just seems. Uh... My understanding is he didn't like. He just wanted to call it rock and roll. He wasn't a fan of of labeling it heavy metal. Yeah. Or punk. Because it, it just doesn't feel as heavy as like Metallica or right. What's in the, like Motley Crue? That, that kind of thing just feels over the top compared to this, where it's just having fun. I don't know that. Maybe I I say that because I liked this and I don't in my head think I like heavy metal. No, I think you're probably right uh, in your assessment. I I don't think I can't listen to Motley Crue or Metallica really, um, but I can listen to this. So yeah, I think that I think that's right. What you said, David, um, I I agree with his own assessment. It's just rock and roll, um, basic three chord kind of fun music, more than like super dark and. And, it uh, makes you want to move rather than, uh, uh, I was going to say brood, but that rhymes and that would be, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I wish you would. But you know what I mean? It, like, it, it makes you want to kind of like groove and, and, yeah. and you know, dance almost. Whereas, it's got a song called Dance on the Album, I know. <laughs> where like, you know, Metallica and that sort of droning heavy metal makes you just kind of want to... Punch somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree. So they punch someone, they, somebody so they turn it off? What's that? Punch someone so they turn it off. Yeah, that's that's basically <laughs> my feeling on it. Um, so, wait, going back to those links you sent, the Rockin' Vickers, I would not have not have guessed that was that was in any way related to Motorhead. Yeah, yeah. Very Spinal Tap in their their early <laughs> days. Yeah, give me some money. Um, yeah, let's just uh, let's play Ace of Spades. I think probably everybody but Pat who's listening knows this anyway, but uh, here we go. Here's this this is the song that made me think of Van Halen, just because of the, the guitar solo. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Here is Ace of Spades.
Well, I think uh, the difference between Van Halen's... Like, the guitar solo on this is more like... More just kind of in line with the rest of the song. It's kind of kick-ass rather than, like, showing off. Um, which is what I think of Van Halen's I solos. See. You know what I mean? It, like It serves a song rather than being mas- the, masturbatory. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is your cat all right Although, there, David? Yeah. I, my, look, my cat uh, has a uh, urinary tract infection, and that is why he is. Uh, he sounds like he's he's dying. Oh. I'm 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 gonna start a GoFundMe if anybody wants to help out. <laughs> Did I you thought it was him? just a regular meow. No, it's a that's a my life sucks right now meow. I, I oh. apologize. It's too bad. Did you yeah, take him to the guy. vet, or did you just make that diagnosis yourself and you're giving him cranberry juice? No, I took him to the vet. Uh, he's, he's on he's on stuff, and it was not cheap. Uh, it never is. I know. Poor cat. Yeah. So my two memories of Ace of Spades, well, I mean, I, I've known this. I think the first time I heard the song was when they were on The Young Ones. Yes, of course. So that was my first introduction. And then the MTV would play the video for Ace of Spades. But it's funny how songs can, can like change connotations and meaning for you over time. In the early 2000s, I was unemployed and depressed for a long period of time. And I played a lot of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. <laughs> and this song was on the soundtrack. And to this day, even though I knew the song before, I've heard it plenty of times before and since, whenever I hear it now, it takes me back to the, sitting in front of my TV, playing this video game, depressed. Oh, that's and it's, bad. And, and it's, no, it's not that I, like, it doesn't, it's not that I can't listen to the song anymore. It's just, it takes me back to that, that time and place. Yeah. It just, it's become so associated with it. Yeah, it's crazy the way music does that, which is one, I mean, Pat and I kind of, are not really argue, but we discuss this kind of thing, which is one reason I kind of don't like hearing songs that I that really mean something to me in commercials because I don't like I like my connotations for the song uh, better than than associating it with a product mm. um, <clears throat> but you know I guess if if you've got the memory strong enough you're always gonna it's always gonna remind you of your memories anyway so yeah uh, this reminds there, there's a oh, sorry oh you go ahead there, there's a a kind of interesting quote from Lemmy about Ace of Spades and Rolling Stone where he's just like, it's just another fucking song. I thought it was pretty good, but I think it was that good. So I have no <laughs> special memory of writing it. <laughs> that, I think that I, describes Lemmy to a T right there. <laughs> and he talks about gambling and he says he's, he, he did a lot of gambling back then. He's always used slot machines. He's like, I've been playing them since I was about 18 when you were getting into bars. I don't trust any form of gambling with people involved in it. I like the machines better. <laughs> Yep, I'm with you, Lenny. <laughs> Penny slots for me, thanks. Although I did win a shitload of money at craps once. And then never again. But you've been chasing that high for I chased it years. two more times, and then I was like, nope, maybe I'll just stick with slots. <laughs> um, I took the craps class because you told me how you you won a lot of money and you said it was a lot of fun to play. And I took the craps class and then I th- I think I took it right before my plane was about to leave. I was like, crap, I can't play. So I've never played it. <laughs> it is fun, though. I mean, yeah. if you've got enough money to throw away, it's perfectly fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember them from the young ones, too. Also, I saw them uh, in 84 at the Warfield uh, where they played all these songs that 
we're talking about on this album. Um, and it nice. Was, yeah. Oh, I said nice. I've oh, never yeah, saw yeah. them. Oh yeah, they were great. It was uh, actually the loudest concert I saw was Sugar, also at the Warfield. Um, but Motorhead was definitely number two. Uh, and I remember they had uh, he had two bands opening for him, and it was uh, Exciter, who was just a kind of a dumb thrash band, and then Merciful Fate. I don't know if either of you know them. I know the name. They were like, it was like King Diamond, this dude who was like black metal satanic shit. And he had like this really operatic voice and shit. I remember the crowd just laughing at Merciful Fate when they were on. Like nobody could take that shit seriously at a Motorhead concert. Um, But yeah, it was a, it was a great show. And then I saw him the next year in 85. They had like some, they had some sound issues in 84 uh, and he, he referenced it when they came back in 85. I was like, man, I can't believe this dude remembers anything, much less sound issues from a year ago. But anyway, uh, next song is yours, David. Actually, before we move on, I do have one more question for Pat. Yeah. Of the Uh-oh. characters in the episode of I Love Lucy we watched, which character do you think this would be their favorite song? <laughs> I would say... I'm going to have to say Lucy, because I think... Vivian, Vance, and Fred, Fred and Fred and uh, what's her Ethel would think it's just noise, and Ricky's just too much into his Cuban music. But Lucy would get into it. She just start bobbing her head. So Lucy. Okay. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I was gonna say maybe Ricky because of the music thing, but yeah, I think this might be outside. Yeah, Lucy would be into it. I could pi- I could picture her dancing to it. We we should make yeah. a YouTube clip. Um, <laughs> Mesh it together. Uh. David, you're... I like that question. That was great. Yeah. Have you got... Well, I know you haven't, Pat, but David, have you seen the uh, video of the robots playing Ace of Spades? No. Oh, they they made some robots and got them to play Ace... It's all, like, instrumental, but, yeah, it's it's pretty... On, on YouTube? Yeah. I will look I watched, it up. I watched on YouTube. I had it on mute. <laughs> uh, all right, your song is Shoot You in the Back, David. Yes, uh, I you know I, I was familiar with Motorhead. I, I knew a couple of the songs on this album. This was actually not one I knew before I listened to it for this episode. And I think the reason I chose it is because not because I think it's the best song on the album because I don't think it is, but it had kind of a different groove, a different feel than the rest of the songs of the album, and I kind of appreciated that. It had kind of like a more of a plodding kind of groove to it. Yeah, it's got it kind of reminds me of Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. The the groove. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I can yeah, see that. That kind of um, yeah, galloping, plodding thing, yeah. Which fit? It fits. Yeah, I like that. It kind of fit fit in with the lyrics, which you know is it's, he's talking about you know, Western movies and you know shoot you know obviously shooting you in the back. And I like. I don't know if you've read the lyrics, but they're very cynical. I mean, basically the the summation of it is that don't be a good guy because you're going to lose. Yeah, you're like the, 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 the guy bad guy is going to shoot you in the back, so you know don't even bother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. But then he also he bookends it with uh, you know he starts and ends with it's just you know just talking about Western movies yeah. it's just about Western movies movie. <laughs> yeah yeah so I don't know I, I I like the song I thought it had a pretty decent hook and again I it was different than everything every you know the other song I'm not saying they all sound alike but they all are kind of in the same formula yes and this one felt a little different to me which is which is why I I picked it yeah and which is another like, yeah. reason for the Ramones reference I think that kind of they do all sound alike to an extent, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I mean, you could say the same about the House Martins, which we did when we talked about them. You, I mean, you could hell, you could say the same thing about you know blues music in general. It's, That's you know, true. You go back to classic yeah. blues, but it doesn't. It's not, I don't think it's a, necessarily a bad thing because there's a lot you can do within that formula. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you also hit like a word. I don't know if you meant it in this sense, but I think you hit on another thing about Motorhead as opposed to other heavy metal bands uh, is groove is that Motorhead could find a groove. Um, and that's, I think partly because they are, you know, he started out in, in basically rock and roll music in the sixties. And, uh, and that's, it's a strong rhythm section. I think having, you know, you, when you're the leader of the band is, is your bass player. Yes. You know, I, I think that helps with the rhythm section. So yeah. Drummer is really great too. Filthy animal Taylor. Um. <laughs> I love going through the, the the list of members and former members of the band. They all have great <laughs> nicknames. Yeah, Fast Eddie Clark and Filthy Animal <laughs> Taylor. I think were the band for this one. The three piece. Uh, I always like three pieces too. But yeah, did did Motorhead break up or were they still together when he died? Oh, they were together yeah. when he died. Um, yeah, one of one of their last shows, he he had to stop. Uh, before it was done because uh because of his health problems and then i think he didn't they didn't do any other shows after that but oh he it wasn't a shock that he 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 died he he was sick beforehand i didn't realize that it was a shock because nobody really knew that he was sick uh like the general public Uh, oh i see okay yeah and i think they they wrote that one off as like he had a vocal problem or something uh which is why he canceled nobody knew he had like that terminal cancer that was like super hardcore so um anyway yeah let's, oh, when you when yeah. you said filthy animal i was like that's a funny nickname but it's even better when his first name is phil yeah it's filthy with a ph um, and he did he die the same year as lemmy oh shit i don't know yep he died in november so, and lemmy died in december i was gonna say almost same time oh well uh are i are i possible let's hmm. uh listen to shoot you in the back uh, David's pick. Here you go. the road crew which again i just love the idea who else is going to write an anthem dedicated to their road crew (laughs) (laughs) to me that's very like salt of the earth type uh that that sums up lemmy even Mm -hmm. you know even cool groups like rem or whatever never did anything like that um very working man very working man and 
and uh, also f like just describing the trials and tribulations of being on the road crew and the fun. Um, nothing much more to that except I just really love the concept and the song is good. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, not. I like to think that the road crew listened to this song and really didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> Does he even know I like Scrabble? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't mention my acrostics love at all. Um, I think, yeah, no, I think it's just a fun song and and uh, another good way to sum up. Let me let's. There's not much to say. Let's just listen. more than we thought we would so that's good yeah yeah this was this did not sound like i expected some a band called motorhead to sound and i i like that i didn't uh it must be a bonus bonus track because i never heard the their famous song what famous song motorhead oh yeah what's your prize for flight yeah no that's that was a that was a b-side that took off you know nobody yeah it was just it, it was it was just a, a single yeah. <laughs> did you guys ever buy a single? Fuck yeah, I did. I did, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they were introduced and they were gone by the time I was buying music. I don't know. It, was, it seemed like they were around for a very brief period. You got to get those sweet, sweet B-sides and remixes, Pat. <laughs> I mean, I had plenty of uh, 45s and 12 inches, too. Um, but, you know, once I, once I could drive and listen to music in a car, then it was all about the single. <laughs> Plus, it was it was easier to record like uh, cassette to cassette than to record um, album to cassette because you, mm -hmm. I don't know. That is true. Well, it sounded better anyway, which is a weird thing to say about cassettes, which sounded like utter shit compared to every other form of music. But you know, you didn't you wouldn't get any of the crackling or hiss or anything from the record. So, so in in the time period between when CDs took over and. Uh, music was put out in, on the internet what did was singles the only way you could get a like a single was did they put singles out on cds in any way they did do cd singles um yeah they were pretty rare but yeah. i do remember we do remember them i think i think during that because when cds came out at first i at least to me i was i was poor enough that i couldn't afford a cd player or cd so i was still buying cassettes and i think a lot of people still use cassettes even when cds came out just because cars had cassette players and yeah yeah and whatever so yeah i think i think it was probably mostly still cassette singles were outselling cd singles for a while but 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I can only speak to my experience. But did you have? Uh, did you ever have a record player, Pat? <laughs> I we had like I think we had like a family stereo. I, I remember that, but I oh, I didn't have a, a, pers- a personal record player. I did have a personal record player when on my I think it was like eleventh or twelfth birthday. Somebody gave me Def Leppard as a present, which <laughs> surprise I didn't like then. I don't like now. But anyway, I played it on. <laughs> I had a record player, and it, it was one of those plastic things that where you put the record on, and then you put a little film script thing in, so it would, the record would go along with the like little cut scene, like little images, and the thing would go through. So what I played Def Leppard on like a. You, you never heard of what I'm talking about? No. That it's sounds like, kind of cool. It was like a like the the it was like a, a long strip, and then there were slides, you know, like slides that you'd put in. Uh, yeah. Well. But they went into this little like mini little plastic fisher price thing so you could see it on the on the screen as the the record was playing and telling the story so i had def leopard playing on that on my on my birthday and i was like richie i don't like this <laughs> i don't like you <laughs> <laughs> and now richie is in hell with lemmy and filthy animal taylor no nope, Richie. pharmaceutical salesman same thing yep he's in hell as i said um wow yeah you know def leopard they just released like a hysteria whatever anniversary edition that is like five CDs. Who needs five CDs of Def Leppard? Even in total, I mean, <laughs> five albums. Oh, I I can't like, I don't get it. Like they reissue these like XTC and the Smiths and stuff, and they get like two CDs worth, and there's five CDs worth of the hysteria album. Whatever, man. <laughs> So Richie was was smart. He was trying to give you an investment, Pat, is what I'm trying to say. Shoot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened to that plastic. Def or Leppard. Vinyl. Sorry. Def Leppard. I think the only major band that still does not sell its music digitally. I don't know why. It seems like a weird band to have any kind of integrity about that kind of shit. So who who knows? But yeah, hmm. weird. She has a weird choice. Yeah. Yeah. Even ACDC caved in, another band you think of when you think of the word integrity. Wait, what? ACDC took a long time to sell their stuff too? Why? Yeah, they, they I, don't, any... I don't know. They, they were like, I actually remember a quote from, I don't know who it was in the band, but they were like, these were meant to be listened to as albums. I'm like, no, they <laughs> really weren't. Like, you definitely cherry pick ACDC songs, even if you're a fan. So why is it like, I mean... I don't know the music that well, but it's I I kind of associate ACDC, Def Leppard, and Metallica kind of in the same bowl of stuff I don't like. But why do they all have they all had problems with the internet music? I guess. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's probably the uh, the pay scale of uh, of digital, maybe that they had a problem with. But in this day and age, it's kind of stupid. Like that's the only way you're going to get sales, really. Um, although, yeah, who knows? People are probably buying this hysteria reissue. Anyway, uh, this was a fun episode. Are you guys ready for recommendations, Asians, Asians, Asians? Oh, your cat is. Yeah, we'd like to recommend peeing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David, you want to go first since you're the honored guest? Sure. Um, am I actually question first? Am I allowed to recommend a another podcast? Is that yeah, considered we, verboten? No, we do it all the time. There's plenty of better podcasts than ours. We're aware of that. I'm not, not saying it's better, just different. Well, I am, 
but go mm-hmm. go ahead. So I just recently, I guess it's been around for a while, but I recently discovered a podcast called I Was There Too. Are you familiar with this? Oh, yeah. Um, I I first listened to it because Paul F. Tompkins was on an episode about uh, There Will Be Blood. But go ahead. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's this guy. It's Matt Gourley. It's a Earwolf podcast, part of that network. And he's the guy from those, you know, he's been on Drunk History and all kinds of stuff. But he interviews somebody from generally a movie, occasionally a TV show. And he interviews somebody who was not part of the – he's not one of the, the – the people he interviews are not the main cast or, like, supporting players generally, you know, anywhere from a bit player on to, you know, a bigger supporter player. So it's interesting to hear the stories about the movies from non-stars. So, like, for instance, uh, you know, one of the episodes, he, he interviewed the kid from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So, you know, it's, it's great to hear that perspective from a kid who was six years old at the time. And he interviews Tom Wilson, he, who played Biff in the Back to the Future films. Oh, yeah. I love that guy, actually. He, he's a really yeah. interesting dude. And that, that's a really fun one. And, I've, you know, I've gone back and, I'm, you know, I'm starting to listen to all the, the really old ones. And so it's just it's, they've got some fascinating stories. The one is from the, the guy who I don't remember his name, but he was the, the hotel operator in Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, the guy who like brings them into the hotel that's haunted early on. <laughs> so it's, and so it's great hearing from these guys the people who are kind of on the, the peripheral of these big films. And the reason I discovered it is on the latest episode, he, does, my friend Azure is interviewed for her performance in the first season of true detective. Oh, awesome. So that's how that's I discovered cool. the show. And it's, it's, it's an interesting episode. And, and, uh, I started, I went back and listened to the old ones and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. So. Yeah. As, as, as you're saying it, I looked it up and I was like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, it's a plug for a friend, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, I, if no, it sounds show, awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, was, uh, Azure, if you're listening, you're welcome on here. We will, uh, we will kick David off forever in place of you, if you'd like. Oh, David, sorry, you, I forgot. You would make out very well in that I forgot you exchange. were still listening. Nope. Um, I'm in total agreement with you. Uh, yeah, so no, that's it. That's my recommendation. That, that's, I need to listen to more, because um, that's such a cool idea. And that, that dude who played Biff, um, I've seen some like interviews with him and stuff, and he seems really cool. He's like, yeah, I'm Biff. He's like, you can come up to me in the street and call me Biff. I'll sign autographs as Biff. Like, I get it. Um, that's he, largely what it's about yeah yeah he he just seems like a really cool guy so you heard he him also, play that play that song where he's like he answers all the questions he always has to answer yes i did it's really funny i haven't listened i haven't heard it but he talks about that in, in the show yeah. one of the other episodes i tried to listen to he, he talks to tom arnold about true lies oh, i can't listen to him talk about anything yeah i couldn't listen to it it's it's i mean he was kind of interesting but he he has this weird way of talking. He like, it, it just, it was very annoying. And I just, I couldn't, he like does this, this weird breathing thing. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's a tick. I don't mean to make fun of it, but it was, it was difficult to listen to. Yes. No, I agree. I heard him on, uh, never not funny on an episode and I couldn't, I couldn't make it through. It was just too much. I mean, he's, he's still so hyper too. And, and he's going off on a million tangents. It's, it's hard mm-hmm. to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it, uh, not to change the subject, but the, there's, I guess Matt Gourley was away and, and uh, guest host has a couple guest hosts. One of them is Ben Blacker. And I think he, oh, I think Acker that's, that's Blacker from, who did, uh, yeah, from thrilling adventure, Thrilling adventure hour. hour. Yeah, that is him. That's pretty cool. Oh, um, all right. What do you got, Pat? I think I will also go the podcast route and recommend 
uh, what's it's uh, I always say dark tapes, but it's black tapes. The black tapes, which is a a podcast. Uh, uh, oh, it is the black tapes. The, uh, it's a podcast that's. Um, I, I kind of like this form. It's it's fiction, but it's it's as if it's a real podcast. So they don't. It kind of like. Uh, it's it's kind of like an episode of This American Life, but it's all made up. And the the conceit of this is she started this show because she wanted to investigate some paranormal stuff, and she to start talking to a professor who's a, a huge cynic, and he has all these videotapes of of cases he's he's debunked. And there's a like a a part of the wall is they're all in black cases, and he's like, those are the cases I haven't debunked yet. And she talks about that each episode. And there's an ongoing mystery through the first season, and it's 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 well produced and fun, and it's it's very good. Yeah, hmm. I, that, I, that sounds interesting. I listened to it because you mentioned it, I think last week, but oh, did I recommend it last week? I don't week? think oh, he shoot. recommended it. I think he, it might have even been off, off air, but yeah. uh, I can't remember. But there's like five million episodes, so I was like, oh fuck. Um, I listened to yeah, like but it's, the latest one, and and I was like, okay, I got to go back because I don't know really know what's happening. Yeah, it's seasonal, so you can kind of just listen to the first season and move on. Yeah. Um, all right. I will recommend The Defenders on Netflix, which is only eight episodes. Hence, watch the whole thing already. Them all. Yep. Wow, I haven't I, watched one listen, of them yet. I don't know what you people do with your time. I sit around <laughs> and watch TV. I Netflix you... and chill. Did you guys know? I didn't know until very late in the day. Netflix and Netflix and chill meant fuck. I thought it meant... Me neither. I thought you hang out hang and watch out. Netflix. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, that's cool. I will do that with anyone who wants to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I never said it to anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I did watch it all. Uh, it's good. It's, I couldn't make it through Iron Fist. The... I was going to ask you, so you didn't, you didn't need to finish that to understand Defenders. Like, obviously no, you can, you can pick up everything from context. And they kind of make uh, the storyline in a way, revolves around him, Iron Fist, I think, just to give him something to do and so people won't uh, hate him like they did his show. But no, it's good. Um, you know, I I think definitely... I'm ho- I hope they're still going to do a uh, series like like Jessica Jones. I hope they're going to do a season two and Luke Cage. They are. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure about both of them. They're doing a, a season... They're definitely doing uh, Jessica Jones. Good. Yeah, but uh, no, yeah, it's good. Um as always, I like these better than the movies, which, um, you know, they, they share some of the some of the corniness, but not to the same degree. These are much darker. And uh... it's odd too because Marvel te- television really, I mean, Agents of Shield is okay. It's not great, but it's okay. And Agent Carter, uh, yeah, Agent Carter was good. Well, no, actually, that was great. But this Inhuman mess is so bad, and it, compared to the Netflix show, it's it's amazing. It's the same people have anything to do with it. <laughs> Well, I mean, Marvel's never been shy about trying to sell all its shit, so I, I understand why they're doing it, but, um, yeah, anyway. Uh, That's good, though. I'm glad to hear the Defenders is so good. I, I look forward to it. I, I'm almost done with Iron Fist, and it did pick up and get, got little, a little bit better by the end, so I'm glad I struggled through, but I the first, like, five or six episodes were... I mean, most of the time, it often takes me a long time to watch a show, but in this case, I wasn't, I wasn't going slow because I went to the last. I just didn't want to watch it. So yeah, yeah I, I made it all the way to the last episode and realized I didn't care what happened to any of these characters. And <laughs> really, did, yeah, didn't watch, didn't, never bothered watching the last episode. <laughs> I I think I think I also it's like one of those things like you have with uh, um, 
William Devane, Pat. I think the main actor bugs me for some reason that I can't yeah. put my finger on to. So. Was, was, was he in Game of Thrones? Is he like Was he in something else before this? Shit, don't ask me, dude. I can't keep track of anybody in Game of Thrones. So. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I have no idea. I I would rather watch a show about Colleen Wing actually than Iron Fist. Yeah, well, I mean that's she's awesome. So that's yeah. Not, I thought you were gonna say something like I'd rather watch Paint Dry, but no, that's uh, that's actually quite fun sometimes if you're on the right medications. Um, hey, so um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but there is breaking news, breaking entertainment news as we record. Let's Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis has passed away. We mentioned oh, him wow. earlier. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man. Take we, it back. Say something nice this time, John. You are the kiss of death for mm-hmm. celebrities. I'm, uh, How old was he? He was, let's see, he was born in, yeah, he was born in, he was 91. 91, jeez. And a dick till the end from everything I've heard. So, uh, I mean, RIP, I guess France is going to fly their flags at half-mast today. I don't think France is like Jerry Lewis since late '82. Yeah, you're probably right. King of Comedy Germany, for him. They're like, we don't want to see you be serious. Germany hasn't liked David, David Hasselhoff since '97. '97, I would say, yeah, that's about right. Um, oh, one more recommendation, which I've recommended before, I know, but uh, this is what I started rewatching: is uh, The Shield, and I think The Shield and Freaks and Geeks probably have the best pilots of any shows ever where everything is set up, you know the characters by the end of the first episode, and uh, and yet it's not like the, they don't have the usual pilot problems with, with you know, too much setup and backstory and not enough plot or whatever. Um, anyway, yeah, rewatching that, it's quite good. Oh, and I will second your recommendation for The Big Sick. That was a wonderful movie. Yeah, it was a very good, uh, I mean, it's basically a rom-com, like I said, but it's a very well done one, so... Yeah, well, and I love Ray yeah. Romano and Holly Hunter in it. Oh my God, they're awesome! They yeah. they make the movie really. Have you seen it, David? I have not. No. Do you go to movie? Do you go out to movies much? I mean, you guys have so many great theaters down there in L.A. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, no, uh, normal circumstances, yes. Work has been so busy lately that I just I haven't really seen yeah. anything lately. Have you seen? Uh, wait, Pat, and have you seen yet? Um, Oh fuck! All right, now I'm blanking on the name. the uh, The Jordan Peele directed movie. What? Oh, Get yes. Out. Get yeah, Out. Yeah, that I have. Oh, to. I haven't seen. I have to see that. Okay, yeah, you. you I'm really looking to forward to it. Especially because it's it's very good. It's. Yeah, I saw it twice in one weekend, so. Um, I liked it. All right, I guess we we don't have anything else to talk about uh, of any import. Uh, R.I.P. Jerry Lewis, Filthy Animal Taylor, Lemmy Kilmister. So uh, until next time, when and I'm Lucille sure, Ball and Lucille Ball and Gail Gordon, uh, write until, to us. A, oh yeah, sorry. Oh, oh, write ahead. to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes, and most importantly, tell your friends to listen. Yeah. Uh, speaking of friends, Azure, we look forward to having you on. Uh, so until next time, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>